0: both are super interested in what's happening in Spokane, what's going to happen in the year to come with events and food and people. We're really mostly interested in the stories of individuals in our city who are making a difference. We love getting to know new people and bringing them into the studio to tell their story and give us a unique insight into their profession and how that impacts the city of Spokane is going to be a really fun listen for you.
1: Today, we're going to be talking to Kevin Kim and Carrie McCombs about what's coming up in Spokane in 2021. So we're gonna be talking about politics, civic engagement, food, restaurants, uh, real estate, and upcoming real estate trends. So we really wanna give you a, a really big perspective of what's to come, not only in Spokane in 2021, but also in the Trending Spokane podcast.
0: And in 2020, so many changes happened that have impacted the business world and our interpersonal relationships. And they have a lot of insight to offer us to help us to better understand what's going to happen in the year to come.
1: Yeah, so we hope you enjoy this episode and uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Like, subscribe,
0: do all the things. We appreciate you. Kevin him is now an award-winning journalist here mm. in Spokane, <laughs> which I love to say. The Spokane Guild awarded him with the Best Local Journalist Award in 2020 for his coverage of all kinds of different events. We had such a wild and crazy year, as I'm sure you are aware. Sheesh. He's been a reporter with KHQ since 2018, and prior to joining KHQ, he was an anchor, reporter, producer, and digital producer at KOMU-TV, an NBC affiliate in Mid-Missouri. Wow. He graduated from the University of Missouri with a degree in convergence journalism, which I'm kind Kind of obsessed with. I didn't even know that was a degree mm-hmm. option. Amazing. He grew up in Southern California, moving from West LA to Hacienda Heights. He graduated from Glen A. Wilson High School. Shout out to your friends.
2: Hey. <laughs> and
0: when he's not working, he's probably watching basketball, listening to music, or eating. Which is one thing that we definitely have in common. We all agree about. I'm it. scared
2: you're going to pull up my social security number next. What else <laughs> you got on? Me? <laughs> I have a lot of stuff.
0: We did our research, and Melissa specifically knows that you're a little famous on Reddit.
2: I think Melissa knows more about that than me.
0: I feel like the Redditors (laughs) did my work for me.
2: Well, shout out to the Redditors. I love Reddit. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. The only time I've seen myself on there was during um, the BLM protest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not the actual, you know, vandalism that happened on May 31st, but the week after when we had like Mm -hmm. a bunch of militia in town. Mm -hmm. That was the one time I ever saw myself on Reddit. Yeah. But other than that, I'm going to be honest, like it's my job to do social media. After, like, a few years doing this, I try to stay off of that. It can get bad.
0: It can. Really fast, too. You never know what's going to catch fire.
2: Well, that's why I love people like you who bring, like, the good in social media. That's what you guys are focused on, right? Mm Because it could be a hotbed for anything. If anything 2020 taught us, yeah, you know. (laughs) Everything goes. Anything can happen. Yeah, so. Shout out Reddit. Yeah, yeah. Hey, no, Reddit. they
1: they fangirl over you. They said uh-huh. and they said that you're their favorite reporter. So uh-huh. yeah, we really want to ask you about that. And uh, yeah, we really want to cover predictions that we have for Spokane in 2021. Okay. So I guess we can start off with that. Really, let's talk about like politics and upcoming like political things that you think may um, blow up here in Spokane. Like, what do you what do you predict for Spokane in 2021?
2: Hmm. Stability. I guess 2020 was just so crazy. It got us all off our rocker. Um, I think just you didn't know what to really expect in 2020, but I think in 2021, you know, we can expect a few more things. We can expect things to reopen, hopefully, right? We got the mass vaccination clinic opening back here. Spokane Arena got it. I think it's pretty lucky that we have it just down the street from where we're sitting right now. right? For the entire region, really, there's only one of four Mm -hmm. across the entire state. Um, And I think that just speaks to everything else. Like I've done so many stories with so many business owners, specifically restaurant owners who were just like all year, they were like semi depressed, if not full on depressed, Mm -hmm. just wondering how the heck am I gonna make this work? And then you even had the people who just said, we're going rogue. Like we're just gonna open, we can't do this anymore. And then you had the people just playing by the rules and then it was just this herky jerky move of like, all right, outdoor dining, you're closed. Outdoor dining with a tent, you're closed. And there was just so much randomness and so much we don't know with COVID that I think now that we kind of have an idea, more of an idea what COVID is. I mean, don't I, I don't want to jinx it, knock on wood, <laughs> <Right>. like <laughs> something new might happen with COVID, you're hearing about these new strains, but now that we kind of have a handle on it, I'm hoping it's just gonna be a more optimistic year. Mm-hmm. In terms of politics, man, first off, let's not get fired. I am right. a news reporter. <laughs> So I have to be careful about what I say. And for me, I think what makes my job easy is I am a moderate. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a registered independent. So for me, I whatever side of the aisle you're on, I don't care. As long as you got an opinion, I'm cool with it. Um, but I think, you know, it's going to be a huge change. Whole new administration. Whole new vibe. And I think a lot of the stuff that happens nationally does trickle down here to Spokane. And we saw that, you know, this spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure we're going to see more of it. What exactly that means, I don't know. But again, that's why I love my job. Being a news reporter, you don't know what you're gonna cover this day, this week, whenever. And uh, that's why I really feel lucky to do what I do.
0: That's very true. And I know that in particular, this last four years has been incredibly difficult for reporters. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that we have all been very intentional about supporting as our local journalists and national journalists and international journalists. Um, you've been put in lots of situations where you were endangered, Um, where you were around people who would say things that were really inflammatory and threaten your safety, Mm. um, especially, I'm sure, during the BLM protests and then those subsequent events with the militias. Um, How has it been for you as a professional to have to push through that narrative and try to continue to deliver quality news?
2: You know what's crazy about that is it only got worse recently. Really? I'd say in the summer and the spring, Mm. I'd be in the thick of these things. It doesn't matter if it was like a, a protester, a rioter who had just thrown a rock at a cop or a militia member holding an AR-15 walking around with full camo around downtown. Mm-hmm. Everyone I talked to would be really, really nice. Like uh, even North Idaho, I'd cover these anti-mask protests. Mm-hmm. And you, you'd get some people who would say, scream fake news at you, tell you, you know, you, you're just spreading lies, da-da-da-da-da. But most of the people, if you just hear them out and you just talk to them, they are, I think it's part of them is kind of like enlightened. Mm-hmm. Like, is this guy actually giving me a chance to talk? And that's what things I love about digital media. Like, yeah. you have Facebook Lives, you don't have these time constraints that TV news really holds you down to. So, for me, that's like my favorite, dare I say, trick in the book to get kind of that content out there. Because nothing that goes on a Facebook Live, I, I don't want to say nothing, like five <laughs> to 10% of what goes on a Facebook Live might make it on Channel 6. But. That's true. Most of the time, it's just going to live digitally. So I could just go 30 minutes, 40 minutes, walk around to protest and be like, why are you here? What do you think? And I think part of my strategy is I kind of let people just speak for themselves. You know, I think the viewer at home, logically, rationally, any educated person, even a non-educated person, you can kind of gather what someone is saying, whether it's, uh, is that kind of, I don't know about that. Or is it, you know, okay, they have a good point. I just let people speak for themselves, and I think that's what we need more of. We just need to hear each other out. Like, everyone just yells at each other, and that's the one thing. I'd say, you know, 5-ish 5 five-ish percent of people that you do run into in the field, they're going to be just yelling at you. You're like, hey, what about this? Nope, they'll yell back right back at you, and there's really no changing how they feel. Um, but I I think that really just comes down to a core of them just being angry or having whatever emotion they might have. Maybe they have some personal tragedy you don't know about. So even in times when people literally, can I swear on this?
0: I think you can. Yeah.
2: Can I say, when, when people tell me they're going to kick my ass, like in the field, right? Like I take that and I go, all right, am I in danger? Let, let's maybe take myself out of this situation here. But if I'm not, it's like you kind of have to just understand it's part of the job. Yeah. And recently, Post election, it's gotten worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. You know? And then as a news guy, you had that big blow up on January sixth. Yeah. You know, and you know, in the words of Drake, nothing was the same mm-hmm. like since then. <laughs> he liked that one. <laughs> he liked that one. Let's <laughs> <Thank> go. Oh <you. laughs> seriously. And and that's that's kind of the part I guess we didn't talk to about the politics, right? Mm-hmm. What's gonna happen with all of the ideology? I'm scared to say the Q word with the with the four letters after that but that's really a thing i saw this statistic the other day where it's a 10% of the country believes in qAnon that's 30 million people according to vice wow that's a lot of people and i think all of us i don't know about you guys but i have a friend i have a you know uncle or friend's uncle or friend's mom dad who truly believes in that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and that's where these ideologies kind of get not just iffy but they, they trend towards violence and they trend towards harm. So, yeah, it's a little uneasy being a reporter sometimes, but if you love what you do, it's always smooth sailing at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and that's, I think, what carries you through, too. In the work that we do with, you know, local food and travel writing, um, it can get really monotonous if you don't have your eyes on the mission, which is we're trying to elevate these little local businesses like you were talking about earlier who went through 2020 scared that they were going to lose their entire life savings mm-hmm. on something that they have so much passion in, serving other people, and having your your heart out on, like, your sleeve and making sure that you're doing the right thing for the right reasons, that that just makes good reporter.
2: Oh, thank you. I, I would be remiss to not say shout-out Bryce Kerr at Italian Kitchen. Yeah, I went to that place, like, three times. Aww. But I think he's one of those guys who wasn't – he's, like, the most interesting restaurant owner I've talked to because – he doesn't align politically or believe in the politics of like a Jov- governor Jansley, mm-hmm. but he still follow all the rules. That's awesome, you know. And, and that's why for me, those are the people where I find them so polarizing and so interesting. Where they're like, "Oh, I don't like any of this," but it's like, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna follow the rules. I'm gonna do what I got to do. And you know, God forbid they have they had to maybe close for a few weeks, but I think they're back up and running now. So good on them and really a lot of this downtown area like everyone i talk to downtown the biggest thing is these events that were canceled oh i missed them they're like we relied on hoop fest we relied on bloomsday we relied on like the volleyball tournament at the arena or anything at the convention center Mm -hmm. you know i know they're waiting like the weekend is going to be here in like two years right yeah yeah or like a year (laughs) so like they're waiting for that because all of those people after they get lit they have a good time they got a few drinks on them They're gonna need to come downtown and maybe keep the party going or get some food. And they missed all of that, all the food, foot traffic. And we're seeing some of that open back up, so I'd love to see it.
0: Yeah, and it's totally changed the whole dynamic of the 30-30-30-10 that restaurants have been operating on where so much of the cost of operating the business goes into just their daily operations. So they're having to think a lot of, uh, have a lot of new more creative ideas outside of the box quick take-to-go meals and stuff like that, but yeah. To-go mm-hmm. we'll we'll cocktails. Oh my yeah. gosh, to-go oh, cocktails yeah. were the best <laughs> thing to come out of 2020. Let's be real.
2: <laughs> I'll be honest, I I couldn't do it. Really? I, I, I'd get the food, but then I'd just buy the bottle at the store
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or
2: get the six-pack. My know, best was...
0: advice hmm. is Simon at Hogwash okay. has some of the best cocktails in the city. He will change your mind about a to-go cocktail.
2: Simon, Guaranteed. I'll see you soon. Yeah, <laughs> Simon,
0: <laughs> he's coming in.
1: <laughs> well, on that, on that note, kind of how, about how everyone's been pivoting, and I know it's like the buzzword of 2020, it feels like pivot. Yeah, pivot. But um, has journalism, how do you think journalism had to pivot in 2020? And do you see, that you mentioned going on to Facebook Live, and do you think that that's a new trend of journalists to get more of their story across and to kind of like fill in the questions that people don't get answered in like the five minutes that you get on TV?
2: I think TV news specifically had to pivot even pre-COVID, but COVID really pushed it um, because TV news, I mean, I love it. It's specific. It's going down, right? It's kind of following in the footsteps of print, Mm -hmm. which more so print is now a digital medium. And TV is headed that way. I think a lot of journalists have this kind of weird prediction in their head that tv is going to end up like the newspaper industry one day where you have la times you have a new york times you have a wapo you have like one paper in every city and i think a lot of people are worried that's where tv's going mm-hmm. so i think to offset that a lot of people are putting this emphasis on digital now in terms of covid i mean i got friends at creme i got a few at kxli um, But they've had to really, really pivot because when we all got shut down in March, we had to stay home. I mean, we were doing live shots in our rooms, right? We were just (laughs) for like months. And everyone kind of has their different formula on how to do it. Um, If you go to KHQ now, it's basically like this. We got plexiglasses in between our desks. We have caution tape where people can't go. We're all masked up all the time. But in the beginning, it was really hard because you would have to like, Put a microphone at the end of like a hockey stick or something to be like, all right, let's socially distance here, but still do this interview. So I think that was the hardest part in terms of pivoting. But at the end of the day, journalism is journalism, right? Storytelling, storytelling. So it hasn't been too hard other than the inevitable kind of downfall of TV news that was already kind of happening. Um, I think if there was any type of pivot, it was just the kind of stories we were doing Um, because like. If you don't talk to people, you don't have a story. Like we all get press releases. We all see posts on social media, but if you don't talk to the source straight up, if you don't meet face to face, there's no point in doing this job. So I think that was in the beginning of the hardest part. Just Zoom call after Zoom call after Zoom call. It gets so monotonous, so boring. It's it's kind of, you know, easing up a little bit now. But there was also a good part of that where these public officials, I don't want to name any government officials, <laughs> that would be very hard to reach. Oh, it's so easy now. Ooh. Phone call, Zoom call. So it's almost easier, you know, in that sense. But I kind of worry that it's going to be a permanent thing within the industry where they're not going to do in-person stuff anymore. And I, and I would hate that.
0: Yeah, you learn so much about a person through their nonverbals and just seeing the way that they react, you know, physically to any kind of questioning. That's a huge tool in your toolbox. How has that impacted, and that'll probably be, what, our last question. Yeah. Um, And how has the shift to digital interviewing impacted the way that you report?
2: I'd say in terms of creativity, like TV news is a little different. You got to make this fun little video. And if it's just Zoom call footage, Zoom call, footage, Zoom call, footage. It gets boring, right? Um, I think there's a little give and take with the audience these days because they understand we're in a pandemic. You're going to have to do a Zoom call every now and then, right? But these restrictions that we've had, like I said, it might just be people too. Sometimes it's really hard to get people to come out of their comfort zone, but I think some people it's easier to do like a phone call or a Zoom call. I just really am worried for the industry as a whole and even myself, that we're going to get lazy, Mm. that we're not going to go out, that we're not going to pick up on these habits or these tools, and we're just going to get worse at our job. So I really think on journalists, it's more important than ever to make sure, you know, what can we work on now and what can we not forget? Um, Zoom calls are great, but come on, being in person, I'd I'd rather see you on in front of a plexiglass than do a Zoom call, right? Um, I think that's just the biggest thing, is you can't forget the cores of journalism. You can't forget the cores of storytelling. And as long as you got that, throw a pandemic at us throw, throw anything at us we got it
1: Can I, handle it? <laughs> I can't let him leave though or anyone leave huh. unless they tell us do you have a favorite place to eat in Spokane Ooh. I know it's a very it's a very big question I you're talking give to you, a like, former line
2: cuisine. cook here I, I could <laughs> oh, eat I, know that. Yeah, I could eat everything um, I gotta do it for the culture okay um, oh, man there's so many good places I'm a big sushi guy um, everyone likes sushi.com it's cool. Uh, if I'm going on a date, I go to Umi. Gotta her, got her impress, right? Gotta give her the view. Gotta give her the hot sake. If I'm just trying to get something to go, Izumi, right? That's easy too. But I know I hate saying this because it, it looks like a tourist trap. Because it, it looks like the I love New York sign. But I swear, I love tofu. Dude, I,
0: that place is amazing. It's good. Yeah, they're bulgogi? Yes. I died. And they have
2: good Korean food. I talked with the owner there. When I first moved here, because the first thing I'm thinking is, oh my God, I miss Korean food. I came here from Missouri. There's less food there than there is here, right? <laughs> so true. So then when I came here, I was like, I need some authentic Asian food. I tried the place. The owner's like, I make the kimchi myself every morning, all the food here. And when I walked in, the number one sign for me, is it was all Koreans, right? Like they were just—that's yeah. the most amount of Koreans I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so can is in that restaurant, and they're all eating the food and they're all drinking soju, which is like this traditional Korean style of liquor. It's like watered down vodka kind of, but it's delicious. It, it won't—it won't hit you like vodka, and it's a little less, you know, it's not as spicy as vodka, but it'll still get you good. Um, and they just got things like squid, Korean barbecue, like you were saying. They got the short ribs, kalbi too. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a big fan of tofu soup. So if I had to tell anyone to get some good Korean food in this town, I love tofu.
0: 100% with you on that. It is like my secret obsession. Because I grew up in a 90% Korean neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like all my friends were Korean. So <laughs> I would swap them my PB&J for some delicious whatever. <laughs> like I didn't even know what it was. I was just like, <laughs> give me your delicious food. And that was always what I asked for for gifts for my birthday. I, I think I just have a problem with food, you know. It's a a good problem. Like (laughs) BFFs, excellent problem. Gosh, especially Korean food—that makes Mm. me so happy. I knew I wasn't the only one.
2: (laughs) You got it right. You got it right. And my mom likes that place too. No way. That's the real stamp of approval. You don't need no blue check mark. If you get Mama Kim (laughs) liking the Korean food there, she's the best Korean cook I know. So boom, I love tofu.
0: Sold. I bet your mom is extra proud now that you mentioned that. You had Uh to give a little name drop for mom. Yeah. -hmm.
2: Yeah. She's the best. She's the best.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming to the studio today and getting a chance to talk with us. Anytime. And how can people follow you on social media if they want to reach out?
2: Um, On Facebook and on Twitter, just at News with Kevin. And can I just say, I still can't believe we're doing this. I feel like I'm in Black Mirror (laughs) or like the Twilight Zone right now. It's so weird. And just thank you, guys. Uh, It's an honor.
1: Thanks for coming. Thank in. you so much. We'll have you again too, because I have so many more questions.
2: I you know, right? This anytime. is a
3: blast. You are welcome to come back anytime. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks. Cool. Well, we should probably growth for me of still like get stepping into how awesome I am. And I know that I am, but it's like I don't I don't put it out there because I don't ever want people to take it as this like this is who I am. I want them to see who I am at my core versus I'm defined by these things. So. And you're so good at
0: that. I have watched, especially working with Elizabeth, who you work with at Haven Real Estate, um, getting to see like this really cool inside peek to what happens with the team there and how you're also collaborative and work well together, but particularly on social media, I feel like you have done such an amazing job of reaching new people by just being authentic and being yourself and sharing about places you love in the city, Yeah, which is one of the biggest reasons that we wanted to have you on.
3: Oh, awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, I learned a long time ago there's vulner, there's power in vulnerability and a lot of people, especially I think women take it as I can't be vulnerable because it's a sign of weakness, but if you if you know how to hone in that like this is what I'm dealing with or what I've been through or whatever and you use it as something to lift up others, it really makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I couldn't agree more, Thanks. and especially in today's, you know, very varnished polished, perfect social media world where everything is retouched and there's so much more power in getting to see people just as they are every day. I loved yep. the um, no,
3: the gratitude no.
0: series that you did last year.
3: I never finished it either. I know,
0: <laughs>
2: <right>? but <laughs> you went
0: so far. You <laughs> I went to like day 148, and I was like, yeah, girl, you're more dedicated to this than I could ever be. <laughs> I was doing a, a
3: video series. It was 365, gradi- it's 365 days of gratitude, and so every day I was recording a video about someone I was grateful for. Oh. And yeah, I stopped at like day 175.
1: It was so. (laughs) That's still really far. I know. I thought you were going to say her um, mac and cheese from last night, which I know is not Uh, about gratitude at all, but oh my God, that mac and cheese (laughs) that you posted. I was like, what is that? You put mustard in it. I -hmm. always put
3: dry mustard in it. Um, But I went, so I'm not eating dairy, or uh, there's quite a few things I'm not eating right now. Like this is the first time I've had added sugar in about a month. but I was like, so I went to Rind and Wheat a couple weeks ago, and I saw this cheese, Red Dragon, that had mustard seed in it. I was like, oh, this looks so good. And I bought it, but I, knowing I'm not going to eat it, <laughs> oh, so no. I put in the cheese and just didn't add dry mustard. And I had a few bites, and it was actually really good. Mm.
0: Oh, my gosh. That cheese sounds amazing. Yeah, I you can't cheese. beat locally served and curated cheeses. No. Mm-hmm. My latest obsession has 100% been Wanderlust Delicato. I cannot get enough. I have gotten a $50 gift card for every week going out until, like, I think May. So every <laughs> week. I know how hard you're laughing. <laughs> I am, like, dedicated to cheese and charcuterie. It is, have yeah. you tried
1: their Blumenkasse? I think that's how you say it.
3: Yes. God. Is that the one uh, with, the, with the lavender flowers on the outside? I um,
1: think. Yeah, it has some kind of flower, like, thing on yeah, the outside. I think it has, yeah. like...
0: Lavender and, like, rosemary and yeah. stuff like that on the outside? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I saw that, okay. but now I Yeah. I think she has it now, but... Yeah. I just good. call her and say, Amber, you know who this is. Will you please just put a, together any kind of random assortment of whatever you're feeling funky with today? And she's like, oh, girl, you know, I got you.
3: Yep. <laughs> she had this pate last summer. Yeah, it was last summer that had pistachio in it. And Ugh. it was, like, pistachio and, I don't know, apricot or something. I... I'm not a huge fan of pate. I'm, yeah. And she's like, no, you should try it if you want to be a little adventurous. And it was incredible. And then every time I've been, I ask for it. And she's like, yeah, I keep having a hard time getting it in. So, <laughs> like, yeah. 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 yep. She got in the best cheese in the world. I could talk about cheese for five years, you guys. But
0: that I have been so obsessed with. And every time she gets it, I stash a little away for later But yeah, the cheese—that's like a trending thing through 2020 that I think
3: will not stop in 2021. Wouldn't you agree? Charcuterie boards and cheese
1: boards. Yeah, I I hope not. I love them.
3: Well, because (laughs) now you have like veggie boards, and Bark has the fry board, which oh my gosh is so good. And then they have the s'mores board, and there's people making dessert boards. So yeah, the board concept is definitely trendy yeah we'll it's here to us. stay
1: we're yeah. like getting right into the mm-hmm. <laughs> trend trends for 2021 right oh, And we should
0: probably introduce our we
1: friend. should yeah do
0: you wanna
3: oh yeah
1: just so you make sure you can hear us yeah. oh yeah i
0: guess that is a little weird isn't it yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean because you can't hear us as clearly yeah can you hear us oh better? yeah no?
0: isn't that magical yeah it is like, i oh. kind of love having conversations with these on I wish that I had this to just go everywhere, because I can't hear very well. I think it's all the yeah. rap music I listened to in like the early 2000s. Yes. I was yep. like a Luda Usher kind of girl. Yep. So <laughs> I've destroyed my hearing. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Well, I'm going to go ahead and okay. get <laughs> your All right. We are here with Carrie McCombs. She is a licensed real estate broker with Haven Real Estate Group and has been licensed since 2016. Carrie is in the top 10% of realtors in the Spokane area and loves real estate because of the difference she can make in the lives of people, helping them create lives they love, and helping make a lasting impact beyond just the buying and selling transactions. Outside of real estate, Carrie loves spending time with her husband, Greg, their two sons, three dogs, and family. Carrie also enjoys cooking, being outdoors, and being active, and consistently growing and learning through all forms of personal development, which, when I read that, I, w- I really was curious, who is, like, your favorite, or, like, what's your favorite book or course or something for a personal development?
3: Um, oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, I, I really love Tony Robbins, and there's so much of what he preaches about that I follow all the time. So if I had to say one person or one thing to pursue, it would be him because he really talks about the impact of your state, your physiological state, and how you use that to actually take action in life. And so much of that comes from gratitude, which I share about gratitude consistently, but that's, that's where I come from in life. Like even in the worst of situations, how can you be grateful for what's happening? And, um, I've been to one. I've been to a couple of Tony Robbins events, and they're incredible. And there's so many things that I've learned about myself that I didn't get in all of the personal development courses that I've done before any of his. Uh, and also, Tony has a great track record. He's been around for 40 plus years doing this, so it's like, why not? He obviously knows what's happening. He knows what to do. So he
1: knows what he's Tony about. Robbins
3: is where it's at. Awesome, yep. yeah,
1: and I've, I think I've seen that on your Instagram stories or yep. something like that, so
3: I was like,
0: I have a feeling that's what she's going to say, but yep. Yep. <laughs> I just wanted to confirm. Yep, um, that was my prediction as well. Yeah.
3: Uh, she also knows because bad. she is in our, well, I don't know if you saw her, she's in our yeah. social media group, our Facebook group for our oh. office, mm-hmm. and so there's so many of us that are always sharing Tony Robbins things, and Tony Robbins, like, motivational quotes and whatever, so, Not yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have loved getting to be a fly on the wall at your office because oh it just
0: has taught me so much about what happens when people treat one another like collaborators instead of like competitors. Yes. That's been, I think, the biggest lesson in just getting to see the dynamic between everyone on the team. And with that in mind, weren't there three ladies that did $10 million in real estate transactions last year? Yeah. Powerful women in this office. And All the different personalities blend together into this beautiful family, you know, environment that everybody gets to, you know, spend time together, go in activities together with each other's husbands. Oh, and the trip
3: to um, Cabo, isn't it? Cancun Cancun. is where we've been. And we may go other places, but it's a a rewards trip. We are the whole idea behind creating Haven was that we're created as a family. It's not just an office of brokers because when you're valued and when you're loved, like you are in a family, then you do better in life. You tend to lift one another up and support one another. So we have a very unique concept, which so many people all over the country are very curious about it because of how much we produce. And it really is all the love and the support and the gratitude that we have. Um, it's just yeah it's so special and it really is like a dysfunctional family (laughs) there are times that it gets super crazy and it's always during like a major growth spurt that we're dealing with something Uh, but we always come out in the end so much stronger individually and as a group because we really band together ultimately because we want to support one another and we ultimately want to give the best that we can for our clients
1: Well, and speaking of clients, so going into 2021, this whole episode is about predictions for Spokane in 2021. So I'm very curious from a realtor's point of view, um, (laughs) what are your predictions? I I have a lot of questions about how millennials are impacting the real estate market and then how remote work is. So just can you give us a broad overview of maybe what people who are moving here or thinking about buying or selling a house here in Spokane can expect in 2021? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally.
3: So Spokane is a market that is growing significantly. And if any, one's been following real estate. This is something that our entire country has been dealing with this crazy amount of growth during COVID. It was about by May, mid-May, that people started to feel really comfortable with getting out in the open and looking at homes again. And from there, because interest rates were lowered and they continued to stay low for such a long time, it really facilitated a lot of movement in the real estate market, more so than what we've been dealing with and the stock market has been strong so that has also made an impact it made a pretty quick recovery Um, and then now with work from home i'm glad you brought that up because that has made such a huge impact it's it's actually really crazy with how many people are moving because they say i don't have to be tied to a corporate office a brick and mortar anymore i can actually go somewhere else and live where i want and still work and for the most part a lot of people are making the same or similar income so why not move So what we're seeing is we're actually seeing a much larger influx of people than what a lot of other cities are Mm. for a couple reasons. One, it's gorgeous here. (laughs) Like you have beautiful snow. Of course, I wish we hadn't (laughs) right now, but we don't. Um, Yeah, but we have incredible winters. And then we have tons of sun in the summer. We have lakes everywhere. It's beautiful to go out in. I mean, there's something to do outside every part of the year. And then on top of that, we have a pretty good cost of living. If you look at what the average income is versus what the average cost of living is, it's attracting so many people. So of course you have people that are living in the top 25 or the top 50 markets. Like it's not just California and Seattle and Portland, but it's also places like Denver, Atlanta, New York, people from all over are moving here because there's such an attractive factors that are drawing people here from all over. So With those things, Spokane is definitely dealing with a housing crisis that so many other cities are not dealing with. Everyone is dealing with it, um, but so many many people in Spokane are really struggling because there's even less inventory than what you find around the country, and we have so many more people moving in, which is really making the impact. And then you couple it with millennials who are – like there's this huge segment of millennials and younger who are saying – I've been saving up money, and I realize that real estate is the way to build long-term wealth, so let me buy a house. And they're working really hard, and they're making it happen. When you put all those factors together, it means we have a strong market housing-wise, but it's also incredibly stressful, both for buyers and for sellers. So something to think about for anybody who's going to buy here, whether they're here locally or moving in, just expect that market value is going to keep going up for a while there will come a point it will shift. And it's really hard for us to say when and where. It will shift. And that doesn't mean necessarily that market value of homes will go down, but they will come to a point where they stop going up for a little while because we just can't sustain the increasing prices that we have on homes. Over the last two years, we had an almost 20% increase in home values. And I'm like, like we bought our home five almost five and a half years ago for one, was 190, 192 mm-hmm. and there are things that we're still working on as projects, but we could sell it for three fifty and not finish those projects. And I'm like, Well <laughs> that's tempting. So,
0: Maybe it's
1: right? Time. Yeah. right. It's
3: it's so crazy. But every part of the market is dealing with that. And so and it does you know, a lot of people will hear that and say, Oh, I shouldn't invest because the market's gonna crash. Not necessarily, and in fact, it probably won't. It's just a matter of what works best for you, and if you're serious about buying a home here, how do you put yourself in the most advantageous position?
0: Then mm-hmm. that's something unique that you do and provide for your clients, but something I've also noticed is that you end up being kind of like a counselor therapist, you know, some tough situations that happen through your day. What does it look like from your perspective being a $10 million producing agent? Like how do you serve the people that you work with and how do you
3: um, help educate them about the process? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I do tons of videos and really, there's, there's a few reasons why I do videos. One, that's just the trend that we've been on for a few years and especially with COVID, so many things are being focused online and on social media but also it's a way for me to fine tune how I educate people because I rewatch the videos, as painful as it may be, and I rewatch them and really hear what I'm saying and how I'm delivering a message, which helps me to figure out is what I'm saying to myself, does it make sense or do I need to shift it? And then also it's a great way for people to get to see who I am and they know who I am. They can find out what kind of image am I putting off You know, am I someone that they can associate with and they watch my body language, they watch my face and so they're really getting to know me and know if I'm someone that they can trust.
0: I think that's true in every industry right now. Yes.
3: And having
0: that kind of personal branding, and that's such a buzzword, you know, buzz phrase, really, but having quality personal branding so that people know when you invite them into a big transaction like that or a small one, is it going to be a relationship that feels beneficial
3: on both sides? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about video is, uh, I I was just in a training a couple of weeks ago about this with a realtor on the other side of the country, and um, we were talking about videos, and she said, Video marketing or video consumption has gone up by 300% since COVID. So if you are a business owner, it does not matter what business you run or what industry you're in, you absolutely should be doing video because if you don't get on the bandwagon and quickly get through the learning curve of like delivering in a great way, you're going to be behind the eight ball very quickly. And so it's something that although in my line of work, videos are great there are a lot of restaurant owners that should be doing videos and that is very uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but it's so worth it.
0: What do you think is the toughest part about doing videos as a business owner and delivering that content on social media? Getting over yourself. (laughs) Oh, I love that. So much.
3: Like I, (laughs) I'm great on video. I've been doing it for, I don't know, three and a half years. So I've had a long time to really focus on what works, what doesn't work. I still hate the way I sound on video. I still hate the way that I look. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but we are our own worst critics. Mm-hmm. And so the, the criticism that you have for yourself, it's never going to go away. It's learning how to just quiet it and like shut it off or compartmentalize it and be more focused on what are you delivering. Because I promise you, no one is paying attention to what you're saying or what you look like. Oh, they're paying attention to what you're saying. They're not paying attention to what you look like or the zit you have on your nose or how you sound. They're paying attention to who are you as a human being.
0: That is so true and powerful.
1: Yeah. I'm really glad you asked that too, because I was gonna say about you know things for 2021 and as we're moving into the future, how do you think realtors will change the way that they even market themselves and their and their and the homes that they're buying or selling? How do you think that will change in the future because I feel like you know, at least realtors that I worked with in the past, they didn't really have an online presence and it was a lot of word of mouth, which is fine, but like for millennials at least when we were first getting started buying homes, like we had to rely on parents for word of mouth. And so if yes. you're trying to, you know, millennials are more online and, and the younger generations and, and now everyone is more online. So do you have any advice for realtors going forward or any trends that you're noticing? Um, like are, are realtors on TikTok, for example? or should uh, they Yes, be?
3: actually, real estate is one of the biggest trending topics. And I did not actually know this until my she was my intern this summer. She just got her license. Um, she's 18 or 19. And she's like, Oh yeah, I made this real estate video. And I was laughing about failing my test. And I had no idea that I got 10,000 views. I didn't know it was public. And so I deleted it because it was embarrassing. But she said it's because she put hashtag real estate and it's a huge trending topic on TikTok. And so I told her like, I, I may not be someone who will tap into or want to tap into TikTok, but you, like your age and who you are as a person, this is a perfect thing for you because you're going to reach 21, 22, 23 year olds who are getting ready to buy a home and that will make such a huge difference. So. And this all goes back to what we've been talking about. Videos is going to be the biggest thing. I've actually seen a ton of realtors start to do more videos this year that haven't been doing them. And it's going to be interesting to watch how many people drop off the video trend when they start to get really busy because it will happen. But if there is any single piece of advice I could give, it is just doing videos and doing them consistently because then you start to show up as someone who does things consistently and you're just putting yourself out there. It's better than a picture of you or it's better than. And reading the words most people don't actually listen to what you say they're laying in bed at night or they're sitting on the toilet in a public bathroom and they're just watching your face that's literally what people do and I say that but I know I do the same thing it's
0: so true <laughs> the people who are the consumers of content yes. I always picture where they are yes like people who know me know that I am really introverted but when I like get in front of just my camera I can turn it on right and I'm thinking of that random person just walking down the street, you know, passing time or sitting, you know, on a park <laughs> bench waiting for the bus. That's what the, the kind of person you're trying to reach. Yes. So putting yourself in the consumer mindset, that can be really tough. And as a business owner, how do you feel that that benefits you when you're delivering your message? Um,
3: being a business owner, uh, it's really looking at, like, this is me. I'm the captain of the ship. And... I don't have a fallback plan. I don't have somebody who's paying me. I don't have someone who's like my safety net. It's me. And that's really like there's a little bit of fear there, which is a motivation, but it's also a really powerful thing. Like I know that I get to be someone, it's a gift. I get to be someone who gets to reach people every day. And I have people in my life from all walks of life who can spend any amount of money, who are on any part of the political spectrum, who are from every different background, and that's the beautiful part about it, and that is super motivating.
0: I can't imagine anything other than being a small business owner to motivate you to achieve. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because when you are your own safety net, like you said, there are so many things that can go wrong in a day, and you become a master problem solver. Totally. oh yeah oh absolutely yeah
1: yeah there's nothing more motivating than you're like oh what happens next month oh I gotta yeah. make some <laughs> <mistakes>. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well um before we wrap it up i did want to ask and i hate putting you on the spot but do you, you have, put me on the spot uh, do you mm-hmm. have a favorite cuisine or food or place to eat here in spokane oh that is such a loaded Gosh.
3: question for
0: carrie I,
3: <laughs> if you were to ask me what my favorite flavor of ice cream is, I will tell you a long list of flavors because it really depends on my mood and that's really food too. Um, so there's a few. I and, and I'll tell you the things, what I look for, and I used to not really pay attention to this as intentionally as I do now. I know that every business owner has really put their neck out there to put their money and their sometimes life savings and their career and their reputation like everything on the line to be a business owner Uh, but what I really look for is people who are grabbing it in the sense that they are reaching for whatever they want to achieve and they're pulling it to themselves because being a business owner really takes you've got to pull whatever you want towards you you've got to step up and take action and be really consistent and sometimes that means doing it when you hate it and when you want to give up um, so I look for that in business owners. And then I also look for people who have a level of give a shit that I do. And I like I, I just don't think there's another term to describe <laughs> that. But I, I literally put my heart and soul into everything that I do. And I want to be aligned with people and support people who do the same. And not saying that all business owners aren't that way, but there are some people who kind of go through life coasting to a degree. And that's just the way that they live. And that's okay. It's just, I want to be aligned with people who are like me. So, um, I love Michael Wiley. He is a huge, a huge fan of mine or, well, he is a fan of mine. Actually, I'm a huge (laughs) fan of his, what I meant to say.
0: He is amazing.
3: (laughs) Yeah, he is. And actually we were friends. I I should say we were acquaintances. I was friends with him on Facebook. That's how we define friends now, of course. Um, but I noticed during quarantine at the very beginning of COVID, he was doing a live video every single day and he committed to doing them every single day until the stay home order was lifted. And he did. And there were times it would be like one in the morning and there were times it would be super short and then super long. And then we just started interacting and engaging that way. And um, there were many things that happened along the way, but we developed a friendship and it is because I see the heart that he has, like, live videos suck. I mean, mm-hmm. I am not a huge fan of doing videos, although I can do them professionally. Live videos are like, you don't have a stop button or a rewind button or let me do that again. It is out there. And if somebody's watching, that's it. <laughs> and he did it. Um And so he wants to give, and I know he gives so much to our community. He wants to support people in every way that he can. So his restaurant's Wiley's Downtown Bistro, uh, which like every downtown restaurant is struggling because it's not in a neighborhood. It's much harder to get there, and we don't have people working downtown in the same way. So I love Wiley's, um, and I love Prohibition Gastropub, which is now his other one. Um, I love any of Chad White's restaurants. And again, he's also been very innovative about how does he give back to the community and how is he constantly shifting his focus because he is determined to make a huge impact on the foodie scene. And he has already, but he's determined to continue to do that. So my favorite is High Tide Lobster Bar. Um, I just... yeah, I oh, could eat yeah. a lobster wedgie salad every day for the rest <laughs> of my life and I would be happy. <laughs> you so. and me both yep. are oh. so good. Amazing. Um, I love... Bruto Bakery, I I think that's how you pronounce it, but yeah. So he he's like, <laughs> I'm actually kind of pissed that I didn't think about that kind of business, <laughs> uh, that business idea myself yeah. because late night sweets delivery. I mean, I I don't know. You could you, do brownies
1: or your late night mac and cheese delivery.
3: Oh, that's actually that's, a good idea.
1: Okay, we we already patented it, guys. Okay, so don't steal it. <laughs> no one can <laughs> steal it. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. only carries. It's our
3: secret. Twenty twenty one trend. <laughs> yeah, um, but I yeah they they are so great, and I've recommended them to so many people. And it's not just the quality of the product that they deliver, but it's also they really want to make a difference for people, and they really care. Um, I There have been things that they've done that have just blown me away. Like I ordered cookies. Um, it was actually right after I had my gallbladder removed in November. And they delivered them to me. And I had also ordered dough to pick up for Thanksgiving. And I was going to go pick it up the next week. And they brought it with my delivery order. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you were so thoughtful and did this. It I cried for like five minutes because I was just so happy that I was – starting to get back to normal and then somebody did something so sweet that seemingly is small, but it made such an impact. So, um, let me think of who else. Hey, Spokane, they actually just, they're opening Friday and I don't know when this will be released, but they used to be a little something saloon and they like, man, to anybody who's opened a business, it's like a restaurant in 2020. I feel for you because it is not just the normal grind, the uphill battle of really starting and establishing yourself in the Spokane community. It is also, how do you deal with the impact of what's happening in your business specifically? And they're in downtown as well. So they have incredible cocktail kits. They have this cute retail shop now. They have amazing coffee. Like I, and they're right by my office, which I'm excited about. So (laughs) yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, And one other I also love um, Sweet Annie's ice cream. I, yeah. So I first tried the bees knees in 2019 at the Kindle Yards Night Market, and it's still my favorite flavor. But the way that she crafts her ice cream, she's so focused on making sure that it's a really quality product, and. Making a difference for people. I mean, you hear the trend and why I like people. Um, and I'm also really grateful that her shop is in Liberty Lake, so that I have to drive there quite a ways to get to it from my house. So I don't go there as often because I would eat it every day. Also,
0: <laughs> yep, that's like me with Hello Sugar Donuts. <gasps> oh, I can yeah. eat like a whole box if I put my mind to oh, it. Oh yeah, it's an you know secret menu item, strawberry lemonade. Oh,
3: yeah. Really? That's my jam. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I anyway. I like the always one. I could Mm. just, we could just talk about all the favorite places (laughs) for hours. My husband laughs at
0: me incessantly because I always say something's my favorite. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like what do you, you know, like? Oh, well, this is my favorite. Oh, but that is also my favorite. No, but really, yeah, yeah.
3: You, you can, can have things. tons of
1: favorites. You can. Yes. You can.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's why I say it's a difficult question when I ask people that. But it's also like you can really give us like you can tell us all the ones you like, like different
3: cuisines and different places. So mm-hmm. thank you yeah. for that. That was really You're good. Welcome. And Spokane. People- sorry, Spokane is so special because. There is such a unique food scene that literally is nowhere else in the country, which I know both of you know. Um, And I don't know if you know this, I just learned this recently, that per capita, we have the most number of restaurants than any other city in the U.S. That's like hospitals,
0: too. I think we have more hospitals per capita as well.
3: It's probably because we eat a shit ton of fried food and then we have to go to the hospital.
0: (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) And it's really close, too. Convenient to downtown. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I always love getting the chance to chat with you, and especially in this COVID land. We get to see Thanks. each other's faces. We are so grateful that you popped by today. Thank you. You're welcome back anytime.
3: Thank yeah. you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Well, and if people want to learn more about you and follow you and get all of your mac and cheese tips and more, <laughs> um, what's the best way for them to connect with you?
3: Um, social media is an easy one because that's where I have – all of my stuff out on front street. You can see everything about me and <laughs> my crazy life. Um, you can follow me, Carrie McCombs Haven real estate group on Facebook, or you can follow me on, um, Instagram at gladiator carry. And most people don't know how to spell my name. It's K E R I. So gladiator Carrie.
1: Great, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for
3: coming. Yes, on. Yes. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me.
2: The podcast was produced and edited by Speak Spokane.